Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of The Young Gun Show. I'm Galen Goodman and this is a brand new podcast that will feature young people like myself that make the web. Uh, again, this is episode one, so you know if things are a little rough, just bear with me. Uh, today my guest is Dan Philbin. Dan has been working on the web since he was 12 years old. He was an early on co-owner of WP Candy and WP Coder. He's also done work for companies like JetBlue and Ripley's. And since leaving WP Coder, Dan has been working at Fixel, a creative design agency. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, man. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really excited that you agreed to come on. I was ha- kind of had a list, but you were up there, so I was excited. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Great first guess. Okay, so I guess we'll just jump right in here. So, so when did you get into web design, and and maybe what spurred that on? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so originally I, I did a lot of work in Adobe Photoshop, and I don't know how much time you spend on uh, forums, but sometimes they have like those signatures in your in the bottom of each, each of your messages. Uh, usually it's like some artwork, and I was really big into that. Um, I did a lot of sports ones and was actually like pretty good at that kind of artwork. Um, and then I think it was my fifth grade teacher that showed me Microsoft front page one day, um, and he, was, he wasn't using the... Uh, the WYSIWYG features of that because because those were bad, but he was actually showing me the HTML behind the site. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like he's writing code, you know. And I don't know like what about it got me hooked, but I went home because I had the program myself. Um, so I went home and and tried it out, and I loved it. And so I have been writing HTML now since I was twelve. Um, so I mean, I guess things sort of just just grew because I was interested in it, you know. Like I kept pursuing it and teaching myself all this stuff. Um, haven't really taken any classes. Uh, it's mostly been like free online tutorials or, uh, I mean, I'm 100% self-taught. Um, so, uh, you know, I coded static sites for a while, just HTML and CSS. And then once I was good with that, I got into WordPress. Um, I think I just sort of chanced upon it, you know, like um, nobody really introduced me to it. I just saw the CMS that was, because it was in the, you know, the early days of WordPress. Yeah, um, what would that have been like? What version? Uh, Two point four. Okay, it was, so it this was, was yeah. This, this was, was a while ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Um, and so basically, all I was doing was taking the uh, default theme for WordPress and and customizing it myself. Like I wasn't building it from scratch. I was just sort of modifying what was what was already there. Um, so I actually started doing that for people, uh, like as a, a job. I charged like eighty dollars to code a WordPress theme, right? Um, and all I was doing was doing these really simple themes. I actually ran a site called WP Customization, which was just me, and we did super cheap WordPress conversions because it was only me, and that was really great money for me at the time. Um, and so I guess that's basically what led into the idea for WP Coder. Very cool. Yeah, I think at one point or another we were all in you know the boat where 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 we said we worked with WordPress, and it was really just. You know, we pull the default theme out and <laughs> change a few colors and say we've say we made a WordPress site, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I was doing. <laughs> I, I know I did that for quite a while. So so yeah, speaking of WordPress, like how did you get into um like how did I know you wrote for WP Candy for quite a while. Yeah, um, I did. How did how did that all start and tell I guess tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, because I was working with WordPress, I was running that site, WP Customization, 
uh, Mike Castillo was running Dopey Canning. That's his creation. Uh, and he, I guess he found me because I was uh, similarly aged. He's a year or two older than me. Um, so, you know, he, he contacted me on AIM one day, introduced himself, and we got to talking about WordPress and being young and, like, doing this. It was pretty cool, you know. Um, and eventually he asked me to actually join, join him with Dopey Candy and help out with a new website and write some articles and stuff. So I was like, yeah, that's cool, you know. We actually did that for a while, and uh, I spearheaded a a big redesign for Dopey Candy so we could start doing a lot more content, and that got actually pretty pretty big. Yeah. I know I know when I first saw your name, um I guess WP Candy had like a, a sample post and pages like file that you could download and install or, you know, import mm-hmm. into your local blog to like test real content. And I know yeah. I was using that even two, maybe even three years ago. And I I remember seeing your, your little avatar. It was like a little cartoon face. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing that um, in the in the dummy comments, and I thought, I thought, oh, that's a cool avatar. I like that avatar. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, that that was that was the first time I actually ever, ever, I ever knew of you. Yeah, I see that that content like actually all the time still. Like people use it, and it's funny when I made that. That's when WordPress was like totally for blogs, you know. So like importing twelve sample posts was all you needed. <laughs> right, right, right. And that was, you know, that was before they had all the post formats and um, I think the the rules to get your theme on the on the .org repo were quite a bit uh, more relaxed. So yeah, yeah, so and that 12. was like before custom post types and before I mean, like literally all there was was posts and pages. So it was pretty easy. Right, right. Now the now the one they give you is like huge, crazy, and whatever. But oh yeah, yeah. So. So, um, do you think that working at WB Candy and I don't know exactly, um, how it's, how it's popularity back then maybe compares to its, you know, popularity today, but do you think that maybe gave you more of a face, you know, in the WordPress community, but I guess even in the whole, you know, design development community as a whole? Yeah, I think it did. Um, today's WP Candy is way bigger than we could have ever imagined. I mean, the, the big WP Candy that we launched, uh, before we sold it was we thought that was big but that's nothing I mean Ryan's doing a really good job um, you know powering the site today um, but I do think that being on the site did help you know grow my name I talked to a lot of people still who are like yeah I remember you from the WP Candy days which is cool you know um, you know doing that with them Mike Castillo we sort of ran that and that was a pretty big popular uh, WordPress blog in the community um, so yeah, I think that definitely gave me a lot of rev- recognition and also some experience for how to run a blog and interact with the community. Right. Yeah, and that's I mean that's you can't buy that kind of stuff. It's just oh, no. happens and yeah, it's more valuable than you could anything you could buy or whatever. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess if maybe there was one thing you took away from the whole WP Candy experience, what was that? I know you talked a little bit about, you know, how it it gave you um, the experience, how, how to run a good blog and stuff. But was, is there just one thing that's maybe stuck with you since you left that you're like, oh, I'm so glad I learned that? That's a good question. Um, I think I don't I don't know if there's one huge lesson I learned from that, because, you know, not everything teaches one big lesson. But I think that there are a lot of little ones that went into um you know, how to run a community. I mean, you really have to stay in touch with your most uh, frequent readers and, and sort of connect with them, you know, track who they are. 
Um, you know, staying up to date is really important. I mean, if I had to go back and run a blog, which isn't my thing, I think that WP Candy definitely gave me um, the knowledge I needed to learn how to start a blog, how to gain traction. Um, so I, I think in, in as a whole, it was a really great learning experience. So WP Coder, uh, just looking around from what I understand, I guess you were a PSD to WordPress kind yes, of a dealer? PS, it was a PSD to WordPress site. Um, you know, clients would send us their files. We'd talk to them, uh, see what they needed for their site. We had a team of, um, it, it sort of fluctuated because we had guys come and go and we had a couple regulars as well. But um, in most times we had a team of, you know, five to seven pretty solid WordPress developers. And so we would, we would chat with them about the project and get everything set up. And then uh, the client would work one-on-one -on -one with the developer, which was uh, sort of nice because you go to some other PSD to WordPress sites uh, and they don't do that. I mean, you, you sort of talk to a faceless support system and get your files and that's it. So our big thing was that we had some pretty personal service. So it was like um, like one developer per site. Was that the deal? Yeah, it was, it was just one developer per project. And uh, our repeat clients would usually work with the same person so you can have some consistency and, and form a relationship there. Um, but yeah, it was one developer per project. Yeah, I, I think that's something... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of young people like myself, you know, have all thought about at some point is, gosh, I, I could find a few other people that are like me and we could just get together and, you know, we could we could code something or design something or, mm -hmm. or run some kind of a little shop that, you know, and because we're young, you know, um, maybe we have more flexibility in our time or, you know. Uh, or maybe, you know, we just don't need as much money to get it going or, you know, to even support ourselves. So, yeah, it's maybe I mean, it's, it's a, like it's a real simple thing to start. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, I've thought about that at different times. And so I think, you know, um, a story like WP Coder is really is really a good, really good proof that something kind of like that could can work, you know, and yeah. that. Um, people in the, I guess, quote unquote, real world will will pay a bunch of bunch of teenagers to come in and <laughs> mess around. Yeah, I mean, if as long as you know what you're doing, yeah, it's a, it's a great business to start. It's a great way to introduce yourself to lots of people that could potentially be long term partners with you. Um, I mean, I'm still working with some of the clients we had from from WB Coder, and and I've kept that relationship up. Um, and, and not to mention that if you move into more of a management role and you have a team under you, you, you can sort of choose your own projects, you know, like a lot come in and you can choose the ones that interest you. And if they don't, then that's what you've got your team for. Right. Um, right. Get, hand off the dirty work. <laughs> exactly. Yep. After WP Coder, um, how did, I know you moved on to Fixel. How did, how did that all go down? What was that? Like? Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, left IP Coder about halfway through August, um, and before that, I had worked with Vin Thomas, the owner of Fixel, on a project or two. Yeah, Vin's Vin's a great guy. We've been yeah, he's a really great guy. Following each um, other on Twitter for a while. Yeah, he's he's a pretty cool guy. Um, so I, I was working with him on a couple of IP Coder projects, and and after I left IP Coder, I emailed him because I had seen on their site that there was a developer position available and I thought, oh, like they look like a pretty cool place and Vin seems like a pretty cool guy and like this is somewhere I'd like to work, you know? 
Um, because after spending all of that time managing lots of projects and working with lots of clients and, and like just having these projects come and go, I sort of wanted to settle down and work with one agency on client projects and, you know, always work with the same people, the same designers. Um, so I emailed him and I was like, hey, I'd like to join as a developer. And, and because of the work I've done on previous projects, they were impressed. And so I got the job. Um, and they were actually super cool. Um, they had a retreat plan in L.A. in September, which was, you know, like a month's notice when this all happened. And they actually uh, flew me out there and I got to stay in the house with the team for a weekend with them and their wives. <laughs> um, you know, got to know them. So it was actually a really great experience. But I'm, I'm glad all those things fell into place. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures, I think, on Twitter of of the four of you guys around a table with your MacBooks. And I thought... Yep. I thought yeah, many funny. late nights at that table. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Tell me a little bit about that Fixel retreat, because that's something I've I've wondered about. You know, lots of different web um, shops do different things. You know, to um, bring bring the team together and just have fun. And you know, some of them maybe have a ping pong table or or video mm-hmm. games or whatever. But from what I understand, you guys at Fixel are pretty well spread out across the country am i right yeah we are um matt and uh vin are both out in oregon and sean lives in michigan and i'm oops i'm here in pennsylvania uh so we are pretty spread out and and retreats like that are really one of the only times in the year that we all get to work around the same table and and people say that like you can work on skype and you can do phone calls and and working remotely works out and it does especially with all the technology we have today but there's nothing like sitting around a, a table with your team, like the guys on your team, you know, drinking soda, working on projects, uh, listening to music. I mean, it's really a great atmosphere. So that's basically what we did. I mean, we worked a lot of the weekend. Of course, you're in L.A., so you got to go out and see some stuff. I think we were actually there the weekend of the Emmy Awards uh, or somewhere around that time. And so I, we almost went down to Hollywood to see that going on um but yeah it's i mean it's a really great time to just uh you know form those personal connections with the people that you work with uh instead of just always talking on skype or texting or phone calls right yeah i know i know i work best when you know i've got someone that i'm you know on the same project sitting right next to me and Mm -hmm. you know i guess if nothing else maybe it just keeps you maybe it just keeps you more accountable like hey i'm hey, they're watching, so one, I shouldn't goof off. And I guess two, hey, I'm not the only one at this. They're working too, so we can just get in you know, get in here together and get this done. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very motivating. To get yeah, to definitely. Next to people. Um, and, and I went out to uh, Oregon a couple weeks ago and stayed with Vin, and we were working in the Fixel office. And, I mean, it was cool because he's working on something, and, you know, hey, come over here and look at this. Or, like, how do you think we should solve this design problem? Or... You know, check out this cool thing I did with jQuery. Um, like, it, it's just those, those kind of things to be in an office and be able to collaborate on projects that, that makes it a lot more valuable. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously you can work um, remotely. And, you know, I guess what are some of the things that really make that, um, I guess, feasible for you uh, other than Skype or, you know, other than the obvious, um, what are what are things that, that make that uh, feasible. Yeah, um, I think the the biggest thing is not even technology, but it's it's inside you, and that's the, the motivation to stay focused and and work when you're not in an office and you don't have people to answer to in person. 
Uh, like I, I come home from school and I come into my bedroom where I work and like I've got my bed there. I could take a nap. I go down and play Xbox. I could you know go out and do something. Um, but you you've got to have the dedication and the the determination to sit down and, and work for a good solid afternoon or work on a a weeknight or or even over the weekend. You know it's nice to work on your own schedule, but you've also got to get your work done, and that's totally up to you when you're not reporting to an office during certain hours. Uh, or you're not you know, directly under somebody while you're working. Yeah. Um, as far as technology goes, um, you know, Skype makes that pretty easy. Uh, you know, text conversations throughout the day, uh, you know, sharing what you're working on. But I think the biggest part of it is definitely the self-motivation to stay focused when you need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I know how that goes. Most of my um, clients are actually remote, so okay. I... You know, and it's tough. You know, you've been working 10 or 15 hours already this week on it, and you got school and everything, and it's tough to go, you know, no, I can't watch a movie tonight. I got to sit here and keep coding this, you know, and it's it's difficult, but but I think that's what um, proves to the, to the real world again, I guess, that, you know, being a teenager does not mean you're lazy and does not mean you're irresponsible. It Right. You know, it. you can do just as good, a res, you know, just as good a job and as, just as quick a job and as responsible a job as, you know, maybe an adult or, you know, uh, somebody with a lot of years of experience would. So I guess, I guess what are your future plans? I know you're a senior now. Are you, are you planning to go to college or what, what's next for Dan Philbin? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm graduating high school in June, which I'm pretty excited about. And uh, actually, a couple of days after that, I'm heading out to California with the Pixel team for ValueCon and a nice post-graduation vacation in California. I don't think it gets better than that. I, I don't um, think so. I don't. No, it, it can't. Um, spend a week in Cali after you're done with school. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, ValueCon, no less. Nonetheless. Oh, my gosh. ValueCon. Seriously, I had such a good time last year. I can't wait for this year. Yeah, I, I saw people talk about that on Twitter. I Someday I want to get out there and do that. That looks like yeah. a really amazing event. Oh, it's great. Yeah, they do a good job. Really amazing event. So uh, come fall, uh, I've decided not to go to college. Um, I Initially, when I was thinking about college like a year ago, because it was starting to you know become something I had to look into, um, I just sort of wrote it off. I was like, nah, I'm not going to college. Like, I'm, I'm set, you know? Uh, now that I'm a little bit older and I, I see the big picture a lot more, I think that college would definitely be something that would be valuable to me, but maybe not at this point in my life. Um, I mean, I'm sort of cruising through high school right now, and my classes aren't all that difficult. And so I can't really imagine having to sit in a college classroom and take classes that are like seriously, I mean, that seriously challenge me, and I had to go back to my dorm or my apartment and spend a couple hours on homework. I mean, I literally spend zero hours at home on homework. I mean, I'll study for a test every once in a while. Um, but I, I just sort of, you know, get by. And that's sort of always the way it's been. And so going to college and having to put in a lot of effort for the schoolwork, um, I just feel like that's going to wear me out pretty fast. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to want to go and relax and have fun instead of spending all my time working. Um, so come the fall, I'd like to focus my my time specifically on work. Um, I want to continue learning Ruby and Ruby on Rails. I want to do some uh, some business development courses online. Um, never, I'll never stop learning, but right now at this point in my life, I think that I'm, if I focus all of my time on my career, 
um, maybe move out to Oregon and, and join the Fixel guys for a while. I think that's the best best next step I can take. Yeah, it it you know it seems to make sense. I know that's something I've had to think through. You know, it, it, you're you're at a point where it's almost like half use in the adult world and half use not. Yeah, seriously. And, and it, it it's it's difficult sometimes to figure out. Well, do I really need to go to college? I mean, I think I could swing it now, but mm-hmm. you know, and I I think I can make a a decent living and you know support myself and a family someday. But but you you really hate to get in the position where you know you're ten years down the road and a a dumb decision you made you know back when you were in high school is hurting your career you know, mm-hmm. down, you know, at that point. Right. And so it's just, it's just so hard, you know, and yeah, I it guess it really, decision. I guess it really depends on to, to degree, um, you know, what you're planning on doing. If you want to code the rest of your life, you're probably good, yeah. you know, but I, I know, you know, a lot of people will recommend like marketing courses or business courses. Um, for web people you know because mm-hmm. you can teach yourself all the all all the design and the development i mean that's all you know relatively easy i guess you yeah. could say but it's the other stuff that ultimately will make or break you know your success right and sometimes i think like i i know myself i don't want to code all my life like i don't want to be you know always staying on top of the latest programming language and and writing code i would love to be a, a manager or a leader and to be a leader at a, a high level position or at a big company like Apple or Twitter or Facebook or whatever the next startup is 20 years from now, you know, some of those jobs do require a degree. Um, that might be something I had to go back and get. But I think that there's a, a new generation of kids coming up that are taking advantage of all this technology and who are, who, who are finding other ways to learn and other ways to be successful. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, over the next several years, uh, as college prices get a lot higher and technology uh, allows younger people to express themselves and to, like I have, you know, self-progress into a, a whole new industry that didn't even exist 10 or 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. I, I you know, you're just, you're just echoing my, my sentiments and my thoughts. Exactly. I, I really think there, there's room to to go forward without you know a college degree i mean even just go look on a site like authentic jobs or something okay mm-hmm. i mean maybe 10 percent of the listings will even mention college right okay? and of those 10 percent, maybe half of them will be saying yeah we need you to have gone through college the other half are probably saying we don't care if you've gone through college just show us good work and we'll hire you exactly I mean, it obviously depends on the job. If you, right, if you're doing something more management or more business oriented, then a college de- degree is probably going to help you. But I mean, for these technology jobs like coding, I mean, first of all, you can't even go to college for that. Um, so if you're if you're really good at what you do, then yeah, there's definitely a demand for this kind of talent. Right. I guess I guess you probably couldn't be Jack Dorsey without um without having gone to some kind of college or something. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. So, um, I understand you've done some speaking. I have, yeah. Um, in 2009, I think it was, 
um, I went to New York City for the Future Web Design Conference, and there I met Zach Gordon and Kyle Cotter and, and a couple other kids, and they were actually on a field trip from uh, the Washington, D.C. area to see this conference, and they met us. I was there with Mike Castilla, and they uh, met us because we were young in their age, and we had already um, gained some tra traction in the industry with the Candy and the Coder. Uh, and since I live so close to D.C., they, they had to down and speak at their own web conference, uh, which they decided to do after being so inspired by future web design. Um, so I've actually gone there for the past three years. The first year I was a keynote speaker and basically talked about how I got uh, started in the industry and how I got some clients and, and started to grow uh, myself. And then I've been down the other uh, past two years to one year I talked about setting goals for yourself. Um, and this year, uh, past year, I just talked about some of the things I've learned while I've been in this industry. Um, but these are always like a high school audience in an auditorium. And it's just sort of cool to talk to kids my age as a leader, as an as a, uh, inspiration, um, to show them that you can do stuff like this at a young age. And, um, you know, I'm a living example, as you are, too. Uh, and hopefully I can be inspiring to at least one person in that room. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm sure you are. I, I know you've been an inspiration to me. So, um, I, I guess, I guess you mentioned, you know, uh, one of the reasons they asked you down there was, you know, cause you, cause you'd been able to get your name out there and you, you'd been able to get some clients and stuff. I mean, take, take John Q teenager who's 16 and he's been learning how to, you know, code some HTML and CSS and maybe, maybe he's played around in Photoshop or fireworks and, He's certainly not as good as maybe somebody who's been doing it for 10 years, but, you know, he's not bad. He, he, right. He's got skills he can offer people. Mm -hmm. how, how do you get your name out? How do you go from being John Q. Teenager in your bedroom to somebody who's getting work and, and getting clients? Sure. Well, um, it's, I think it's important to build your own brand online. Um, so a lot of kids, and I don't know how it is now, at least when I was growing up, like having an AIM screen name was a big thing, or you'd have like a an alias that you'd use on forums and everything. Um, and then that would like be your name online, right? Um, but when you're trying to build a name for yourself in business, um, you have to scrap that. Use your, your full name, because uh, that's how people are going to recognize you. Uh, register a domain, have your own website. And, and really all it needs to say is, this is who I am, and this is the work I've done, and you know, this is the experience I have, and here's how to contact me. Now, maybe that won't get you a lot of jobs. In fact, it might not get you any. Uh, but if people come looking for you, it's an introduction to who you are. Um, a lot of my early clients were nonprofits or family members. Um, and there are two really great people to um, associate with and to work with uh, when you're just getting started out. Because first of all, um, they, they don't want to pay a lot in most situations. Like a nonprofit is usually looking for a cheap website. And so a, a younger kid who knows what he, he or she is doing um, is going to be a great way for them to get a relatively cheap website from someone who knows what they're doing and isn't going to charge them an arm and a leg to do that. Yeah, I, that's something I've wondered about. You know, you've got this this whole anti-spec campaign, um, you know, and, and designers and developers are all um, up in arms against spec work and and 99 designs and you know i'll be honest my first paying job was on 99 designs okay mm -hmm. so and in 99 designs i think i did like 73 contests or something something around there right. you know and i think i may have won four and maybe made uh -huh. a few hundred dollars total but 
Yeah. I mean, I learned how to talk to clients. I got mm-hmm. a li- I got some follow-up work. You know, I learned how to read a project brief and and take that and, you know, maybe make a logo that they liked, you know, appear professional and, and present myself well. I mean, it was invaluable experience. So, yeah, you know, and so people say, well, you shouldn't work for free. But I always wonder, I mean, when you're young, is that a good idea, you know, in, in trying to get, get yourself a name or even just port for um, portfolio items. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't I don't like the 99 uh, designs concept uh, as most designers don't because I think it, people sort of take advantage of that and you're getting designers to... It's supporting the idea of designers doing free work to get hired. Um, but especially speaking as someone who had to find clients and get experience by doing the the work itself. Um, I think 99designs is a great place for uh, students to go or people are just getting started out um, to practice their their skills to, like you said, to learn how to read a brief, to learn how to satisfy a client, um, to learn how to speak to clients. Um, Because, I mean, these are basically projects looking for someone to, you know, do the work. Where else are you going to go to get that? And so while, like I said, I don't agree with the overall a concept of 99designs, if you're just getting started out, I think it's a great place to go if you if experience is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I guess that's kind of been my thoughts on it, but I, I wanted mm-hmm. to hear if if maybe I was just crazy and <laughs> wanted to support designers being poor forever. I don't know. No, I mean, at some point, you obviously, you had to move beyond 99designs or, you know, any other site that does something like that. Uh, and have your own clients and you have to recognize that that's not the way to go and you shouldn't let clients treat you like that. Um, but yeah, it definitely is a great way to get experience and to practice. Maybe even if you don't um, submit your work, if you just look at the briefs and, and practice you know, coding a site or designing a logo or whatever, um, you know, it's, it's basically free project briefs. <laughs> right. And, you know, honestly, I hear that don't submit your brief and, don't let them take your work for free and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was the fact that I got 150 bucks or I got $300 or I got $100 out of it that made me yeah. go, whoa, this is cool. I can sit here in my bedroom and, mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow, they just gave me, like, real money for this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of what got me to the place where I was like, okay, so I want to get better at this where I don't have to – you know, be one of 30 or 40 people in a right. contest that, you know, I may or may not actually pick the best logo, you know, which you usually think is your own. But, um, but yeah, it, I guess it was, it was the getting money part that really, you know, embedded in my mind that, wow, this, this is, this is real. It has its benefits, I guess. It does. Yeah. So I guess if there was, one piece of advice you could give to somebody who's a few years younger, you know, what would that be? Um, to In general, to any young person that's looking to get started doing something, I would say to find something you love to do and immerse yourself in it. Um, you're going to go through life and obviously probably hold a lot of jobs. I mean, there's a statistic that says, you know, just about every kid nowadays is going to hold multiple jobs in their life. I mean, nobody's going to be a lifelong this or that. Um, especially in the technology thing world, things evolve pretty quickly. But uh, 
if, if you find something you like to do, like in my case, it was coding, then immerse yourself in it. Take every possible opportunity to you know, find clients, do projects, uh, learn new skills, learn a new, uh, pro learn a new programming language, um, because the only way you're going to find out if it's something you really like to do is by doing it. Um, I started doing some iOS development tutorials, and uh, I, I got sort of far into them, but I wasn't falling in love with um, developing these apps, because as much as I love iOS, and I love it to death, and I, I wish I had the ability to design pixel-perfect apps that were just phenomenal, um, programming them themselves as a web developer, it just wasn't interesting to me, and so I dropped it. I just quit doing it, and now I'm learning Ruby, and I'm enjoying it a lot more because it's rooted in the web. And by doing that, I realized that the web is what I love because I already know a lot about it and how it works. Um, and so it's it's natural that I'm more interested in extending it, um, you know, extending my knowledge of the web to other programming languages and, and bigger web projects instead of starting something totally new like that. Um, so that's that's really my big big piece of advice that I give to any young people that I talk about. Um, if you if you find something you love to do, immerse yourself in it, uh, and and hopefully that'll turn out to be something that's really great for you. Yeah, I th I think that's great advice. Thank you for being on the podcast today, man. Yeah, um, you're welcome. It was it was so great of you to come do this. Yeah, and I had a good time. I guess I guess one more random question sure. uh, would would do well. Uh, coffee or tea? Neither. Neither. <laughs> neither. I drink I drink neither coffee nor tea. I like uh, vitamin water. Um, I like hot chocolate. And uh, that's that's basically the two things I drink. But no, I'm I'm not a coffee person or a tea person. Wow, well, I was not yeah. expecting that. Usually, you know, especially on Twitter and stuff, you have the coffee camp and the tea camp, and they fight. Yeah, yeah, especially the. It seems like web people like they're all about their cup of coffee, right? Because I don't know if it has to do with like having to stay up late and work on projects or what, but. I don't know. I don't know. I went out to uh, when I was in Oregon with Vin. I was in the Pixel office, and he uh, he was like, "Oh, dude, you got to have a cup of coffee." And I was like, "I'm not a coffee person. Um, I'll just have my hot chocolate." And he's like, "No, like if you live in the Northwest, you got to enjoy coffee." And I'm like, "All right, I'll take a, a cup." So he put probably lots of cream and milk in it, and I drank the whole thing, and I didn't like it. He said, "Well, you know, in a day or two, like if you just drink coffee every day that you're here, eventually you'll get used to it." And I didn't. I I quit drinking it the third day. I don't like it. <laughs> that is that is awesome yeah okay well thank you for coming on man it, it's been so great maybe we can do yeah it thanks sometime. for having me definitely